This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the mic. And Evan, we were fresh off of our very first instant reaction podcast that we did Saturday night. Seems that people kind of like that. And I'm thinking we may have to do those uh, frequently throughout the Big Ten season. And who knows, maybe even carries over into hoop season after big games so yeah it, people. it was fun because you're so it's so fresh in your mind everything and after watching that game i think that was a perfect game to do it because of how it ended and how it got to that ending yeah because the second half was dreadful to watch it was it it truly was a tale of two halves in the first half michigan state went out there and it seemed as if they were going to go out there and dominate Nebraska, and then Nebraska's defense just clamped down on them. MSU squandered so many opportunities in the first half, and you, you got to hope. Mel Tucker talked about controlled anger that the coaches had. I, I guess that's, uh, I don't know, controlled chair throwing. I don't know what you call that. You, you aim at certain walls. They had to be frustrated and angry. But you know what? Some of the stuff they had to be angry with themselves. It was one particular play. And I think it was um, it was in the first half because Lord knows Michigan State didn't get a first down in the second half. So that kind of limits it. But I think it was in the second quarter. And they drove all the way down. And they ended up kicking a field goal to make the score. I want to say they made the score 13 to 10 or something like that. But the problem was that they had the wrong personnel out on the field. They had Jordan Simmons in at running back, and they took Kenneth Walker third off the field. And they did this little swing pass, and Simmons got it, caught it, ran for like three yards, and got tackled at like the three-yard line. And you're thinking to yourself, my God, if you would have did that same play to Walker out in open space, he would have made enough people miss that he could have contorted himself into the end zone and scored. Apparently, they saw the same thing because immediately Walker went back into the game. That's when I think they tried to run that wildcat the first time, and they got the uh, false start penalty. But there there was a myriad of mistakes. Peyton Thorne and Jalen Naylor may need to just be locked in a room. And, guys, you you guys got to learn how to work together because between uh, Thorne underthrowing Naylor or Naylor dropping passes – that's the one combination. It's it's 50-50. When you see the ball going up in the air to number eight, it's, it's kind of how I feel when Coughlin lines up for a field goal. I don't feel great. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't feel great. Yeah, it's Na- 50-50. But Naylor's kind of been that player since he got here, where I know, I know he battled injuries too since he's been at Michigan State. But it's always been one huge game and then a couple games where he doesn't do too much. And then a huge game. Right. 
And they, he's very inconsistent because when he's on top of his game, like he was against Miami, he's a very tough cover for any corner. He's a very tough cover, but you you don't have confidence. When when the ball is up and it's going to Reed, I feel confident that Reed can land and catch the ball. When the ball is going to Trey Mosley, I feel that Mosley can catch the ball. When the ball is going to Connor Haywood, my God. Hey, Connor Haywood, I'm sorry. So I, I didn't want you on the team anymore. When you went into the transfer portal, I was really hoping that you went to Duke. But Mel Tucker found a space for you, and you're the short tight end slash H-back. Rolling over people the way that he did, I was a little upset because that was another wasted opportunity. Man, when you make a big play like that, you need to score to get your team hype, to get the crowd hype, and they didn't. They ended up kicking field, a field goal on that uh, series, too. But those guys, when they get it, they catch the ball. When it goes to Naylor, it, it just it's one of those, it just seems like it's always an excuse. It was too high. It was too low. Behind me. Behind me. And too far in front of me. Uh, hit me right in these things attached to my arms, called my hands. <laughs> like, it's Their chemistry is not quite there yet. I don't know how you improve that, but... You're gonna have to because they they those two could have extended some drives, especially in the second half, because teams are going to shut down Jalen Naylor. They're gonna put their best corner on him, so you got to be able to step up and, and be that guy. It's the reason why Ricky White was the man against Michigan last year because yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna put our best corner. They, I think they put Dax Hill on uh, J, uh, Jalen Reed. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna you brought the name up. People are going to ask, where is Ricky White? I mean, he's still on the team. He has not played. I always love when people send me, hey, what's going on with Ricky White? You could just tell me. Nobody else is listening on Twitter. Right. Okay. Just between you and I, here's what's going on. Ricky White is working out some things with the team. Okay. He has not quit. He's still on the team. And he had put something out on social media like saying soon. So I don't know if he's going to be back in the middle of the year. I don't know if, you know, if it's a, you know, a certain game that he's certain amount of games, he's going to have to sit out, but no, he's not injured. It's just some things he's working out with the team. And when he's back, as Mel Tucker says, he'll be back when he's back. (laughs) I mean, I I love those little euphemisms that he gives out now. (laughs) Like when's Drew Beasley going to be back? Well, he's going to be back when he gets back. Right, exactly. And I, he's I going to be healed that, when he's healed. I mean, you get you see that question every week where Ricky White is. So I had to ask since his name was brought up. So you know, but I I feel like we've turned him into a folk hero. Like he's now Paul Bunyan. He's now bigger than life. Yeah, we. I mean, we weren't exactly asking for Jalen Watts Jackson to be the starting corner right. after his big play. But. Right, but now it's like, well, Ricky White. You know, he he can win the Heisman. It's like. Guys, he had one, he had one really, really, really good game, and that was it. And that was it. But because he can't play, it's always the unknown that drives people to believe that. Oh my God, he, he, you know, if they had Ricky White in there, if they honestly, if Ricky White was playing, he would be the number four or five receiver right well, now. Well, and and I'm glad that you brought that up. People always want the guy that's not playing, and I was, I saw on Saturday people asking for Russo to come in. Absolutely not. No. You don't do that. When you have a starting quarterback, you ride with him, right? Yeah. It, you, you start listening to the fans, and pretty soon you have a seat right next to the fans. Yes. Um, no, that was not. Russo, 
did not get the starting job for a reason. That Nebraska defense, I know it's hard for people to wrap their head around it, but both teams saw you got to get your head out your behind, okay? Get your head out your ass and realize Nebraska's defense and Rutgers' defense is good. Now, you look at those teams, you laugh and scoff. <laughs> it's Nebraska. It's Rutgers. It's not the same. That defense was legit. They got a bunch of grown men. Went back and rewatched that game. Wasn't like they were bringing all these these hell of a blitz packages. It was just the front four were just manhandling Michigan State's O line. We thought the O line, everybody, all the bunch of fifth and sixth year guys. Well, Nebraska's defense took care of them, and when you can rush four and drop seven, the quarterback doesn't see everything that they normally see. I mean, that's why I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that your your touchdown came off of a trick play where you had to sucker the safeties into thinking you were running the ball. Right. Because they were very disciplined. I mean. Well, it, let's it, not act like the Nebraska doesn't have good recruits and good players, right. too. They just can't put it together. Right. Nebraska's problem is uh, Adrian Martinez and Scott Frost. Yeah, Martinez looks amazing yeah. throughout that game until the end of the game when he cost his team that game. I, I mean, I don't know. I told a bunch of people. I know I told uh, Costa on the, the, his little pregame show Saturday, I may have told you, you just have to wait for Adrian Martinez to, to go Adrian Martinez. That's what Doug Karsh kept saying all week, too, is that this kid will fumble or will, he will throw do something. a costly pick yeah. when and you, you don't need it. And you just have to sit there. He tried his best. When they did that little pitch option. It's just so weird. I mean, and they did it all game, too. Right. So, I, and it was funny because I'm up in the stands because uh, Valenti came to the game. I'm sitting there with him and his dad and a bunch of other of, of his friends. And I'm like, that's that's going to be a dangerous play. That play, he's like, no, that's an old school Oklahoma play. I'm like, it is. But if that pitch is not perfect, it's it's, it's going to be on the ground. And sure enough, late in the game, MSU had an opportunity. I think uh, Petrowski actually slid right past the ball. Like he tried to grab it, but his momentum took him so far that he couldn't reel it in, and 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 Nebraska ended up getting it back. And then, sure enough, uh, in the or overtime, he throws the pick. That should have been a pick six, but he throws the pick, and uh, Kimbrough gets it, runs it all the way down. Still, I got to think that he's he's got to be hearing it from his fellow DBs. You got ran down by an O-lineman. Mm-hmm. Like, in that convoy, everybody was faster than you. How, like I, I guess I was a little shocked. Because I just kind of thought he would be shot out of a cannon. Right. Coming, you know, you're from Florida. Like, he got caught from behind. I mean, when you look at it, it's a whole lineman. Kudos to the big dude going down there and not, and not quitting on the play. But, yeah, and I think the convoy actually has to realize in a situation like that, don't be so quick to be in the photograph, to be down there in the end zone with him. Peel off, get in somebody's way so that, they could actually yeah, score, or like get it so he could go to the to the middle of the field because right. the sideline was his enemy on that play. Right, but when you see another person coming, you don't even have to block. Don't do anything no, stupid get to get a penalty. Way. Just kind of stand there, like, oh, you know, excuse, am I in your way? Right. That's all you got to do. But you know, and Frost just, I think it's in his head now that he can't win the big games, and yeah, you just had to wait for them to blink. Michigan State stole one. Big time. 240 yards first half, 14 yards the second half. 
No first downs. No first downs until overtime when Walker ran the Wildcat play, which I was thinking, this has got to be the dumbest setup ever. Like, you just got the turnover, and this is what you come out the gate with. Now, it worked. And he goes 23 yards up the middle. Right. And then you just like, God, you know what? Just score the touchdown. I, 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 I just I, – I have no faith in the kicker. I don't. And you would think being a – I don't know if he's a five or a six-year guy. I think he's six-year. But – He's always been that though. Always, right? He I mean, just makes me nervous when he lines up. It is. He hits. He hits big, big field goals, big ones. I just don't feel confident. But then the ones that you're like, ah, he's got this one. He'll pull left. And I, it's I, like, I, what's going on? I like the games like Youngstown State where he's out kicking extra points. Yep. I'm fine with that. But other than those field goals, <sighs> it, I, I almost feel like the people who have to look away and listen to the crowd to see well, if yeah, they're it's cheering. Like even last year when they played against Michigan and he's kicking a 50-yard field goal, and I'm saying there's no way, and then he drills it. Yeah, he drills it. It's like, please don't. Just go for it. Just go for it. Just go for it. But for, for MSU, it was – I think it was a re- little bit of reality check. I think things were so easily happening for them that this – and, and Tucker talked about, you know, the controlled anger of going in there and, and showing guys you're not as good as you think that you are. You're good enough that this was a game that you stole. This was a game that takes you, instead of being 7-5, and 8-4, and four, or 9-3, and three. it was those types of games that you had no business winning, but you found a way to win. It showed that there was no quit in the team. It also showed that the team could score in multiple ways. I mean, the, the punt return... I don't think if you were at the game or even if you were watching on TV, you realize what exactly happened. But the BTN has been showing that game in 60 for a while. And when Jaden Reed was talking about it in the press conference, I was kind of like, wait, what? And he kept crediting Jalen uh, Naylor for this. And I was basically what happened was <clears throat> it's funny. It, it reminded me of the Little Giants play. Well, yeah, and it's not very often either that you see two punt returners right. back. Right. But it reminded me of Little Giants where – uh, Gant catches the touchdown, and everybody remembers the photo of him holding the ball up in the air, pointing towards the crowd. But when they practiced the play day after day, you know who was supposed to score the touchdown, right? Number 24. It was Le'Veon Bell. But Notre Dame, two players grab him, throw him down to the ground. Should have been a penalty, but it wasn't. Gant, I remember him saying in practice, he's like, you know, I keep running the play, but I'm never going to see the ball. It's going to go to Le'Veon, and sure enough, he was wide open because two guys went after Le'Veon. Same with that play. They figured that they were not going to kick to Reed. They're going to kick to Naylor. So Reed is going to wave for a fair catch and draw everybody to him, and Naylor catches it and goes for the touchdown. Instead, and, and the Nebraska rolled their coverage right. Everybody went right towards Reed. He was looking like he was trying to angle it out of bounds. He shanks it off his foot again, which leads me to wonder. I mean, I really don't wonder why Tucker got the new punter because, <laughs> yeah, uh, Beringer is is really good. Really This good. dude flips the field. But the Nebraska punter shanks it off his foot, goes to Reed. Reed was like the second he came in the air, he was like, I knew I had it. He had two guys in front of him. He caught it with uh, with momentum. And at that point, by the time he got it, he was he was at full speed, three steps in, and there was no way they were going to catch him. He just had to avoid being tripped. But MSU found ways to score. You're going to have to do that in some games. Now, I think in this game coming up against uh, Western Kentucky, it's homecoming. It's another night game. 
I think this is a game where you're probably Kenneth Walker is going to get back on that track where Evan, if he if he rushes for less than 175 yards, I kind of be disappointed. Western Kentucky's rush defense is horrible. Their total defense is horrible. Their pass defense is bad. They now they can pass the ball like nobody's business. They're number two in the nation, but everything else they're like pretty in the in the hundreds to hundred and twenties out of 130 teams. So I say that saying this is a game where Michigan State should be able to control the clock. This is a game where Michigan State should go on those long six, seven-minute drives. Now, if you're MSU, the key to winning, as Indiana almost found out, you can't end the games with field goals. I mean, you can't end the drives with field goals. you got to score a touchdown. Indiana jumped out early, looked like they were going to beat Western Kentucky last week at Western Kentucky. But then they kick too many field goals. Western Kentucky can score quickly. Zappy, the quarterback, I mean, coming from Houston Baptist, I mean, dude likes to light it up. I mean, he'll drop back and throw the ball 60, 70 times. No big deal. Their running game is not that great. So you literally can see on a 10-play on a 10-play drive for them, 10 plays were all passes. You got to be able to score. And you got to be able to, to to control the clock, but you got to score touchdowns. That's how you beat Western Kentucky. Because if you get into a shootout with them, they're equipped for that. I mean, Michigan State secondary is going to be tested. No Drew Beasley in this game. You're going to have to really rely on Walker and your stable of running backs, play action passes, control the clock, and 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 you can get you can get that win now. Before we move on to the other game, I will say this, and and my God, I need somebody to figure out what the hell you're doing with the changes that you have for game day experience. The open changes, but they're very disorganized. The open is you couldn't get the open to be more awful if you tried. It literally sounds like somebody is holding up their phone with swag surfing playing. That you could barely hear the acoustics in the stadium. And you would think that after the first game, they would have fixed that, but they didn't. And it, it's it's bad. Uh, they're like, we're working on that. And the other thing was the light show. The light show was great after you realized what it was. At the end of the third quarter, all of a sudden the lights start flickering in the building. And I thought that like the power went out or something happened. And then you realize, oh, they're flickering the lights. No music. None. Nothing. It, everybody was like, okay, that's kind of cool, I guess. But, okay, if you're going to do the flickering of the lights, you do them after Reed scores a touchdown on the punt return. That's when you flick the lights, play some music, get the fans into this thing. Or maybe even during the intros. Well, during the intros, it's still daylight, so you can't really see the lights. But at night, when there's a score or there's a big play, yeah, Rocky. that's when you do it. Or if you're gonna if you're gonna do a new tradition where it's at the end of the third quarter, like the jump around at, at, at Wisconsin, put some music to it. Then put that swag surfing on. If that's right, the song. maybe that's when you do it. But oh, I, the game day experience is 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 it, that's failing right now. That is that's really bad. There's, there's no way you can defend that. So, and it also seems like the gates are kind of screwed up. People are having a trouble getting in. Yeah, but time. see that 
that's more to COVID because it's like everything else. You don't have the workers that you had. Right. Okay. So you got to do what you got to do. It's, it, I mean, you see this everywhere where everybody's begging for people to come and work. So, yeah, due to COVID, man, they, 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 half the gates are closed. So, case in point, if you want to get into the game and you want to be there for kickoff at Spartan Stadium, you probably want to start making your way. It's a 730 kickoff. You, you may want to start making your way to the stadium around 6, 630, just to make sure you're in your seat. Because if you leave at 7, chances are you can be stuck in a long line. So that's my PSA to the people out there. Um, the other game with um, – oh, yeah, before I get into the Michigan stuff, it's going to be a busy day. It's homecoming. Midnight Madness gets moved to Midday Madness. Um, Susie Merchant and the women's team will open up the gym for open practice at 2. Tom Izzo and his guys will open up the gym at 3. It's open up to the fans. You can go over there. Think of think of it as Midnight Madness, except for it's Midday Madness. You go, you watch practice, and then you leave from there and uh, either go back to your tailgating or you can just head on over to the stadium. So I, I like what they're doing. I, I like the Midnight Madness stuff. They normally have it on Friday night. I see why they're doing it during the day. I kind of hope they go back to just doing it at night because it just feels different at night. It now, does. we, we got to see what this works because maybe this works. Maybe they start a new tradition. I don't know. But I like midnight madness rather than midday madness. So, But that's going to take place on Saturday. And then, okay, the other game earlier in the day is going to take place at Madison at noon or 11 a.m. for Madison time. Michigan. Is Gus going to have anything to yell about? Because Gus Johnson is on the play-by-play. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Oh, please. Gus will yell about how the <laughs> butter is melting in his popcorn, partner. Do you see my popcorn and the butter in there, partner? It's melting. Oh, my God. It reminds me. I'm from UAD. Same school as Cassius Winston. It's dripping on my pants. Because <laughs> he, he will throw a UAD reference in every game. Oh, guaranteed. UAD Jesuit. Right. So that's going to – that game – Man, um, I don't know. The Vegas doesn't know. It opened up at Wisconsin minus four. What is it now? Two? It went to Pickham. It went to Michigan for a second. And then it swung back to Wisconsin. I think it was one and a half. On ESPN Zap, it's Wisconsin giving one. I, I wouldn't touch it betting wise no. because I, 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 I don't know what to expect. Wisconsin, Wisconsin may have. The best defense in the Big Ten. I know everybody's going to look to Iowa. Iowa's the most opportunistic defense. Iowa, Iowa forces you to get to, t- to turn the ball over. Wisconsin just can stop you. I mean, Notre Dame won that game, but when you look at Notre Dame, won like forty-one to thirteen. But when you look at Notre Dame, twenty-one of the thirty-one points was a 98 yard kickoff return and two pick sixes. Defense did their job. It was just they scored in other facets of the game, kind of how Michigan State did with the punt return. They held Notre Dame to nine yards. Now, granted, they knocked out the Notre Dame QB. Defense, it's like a, it's a funky defense where you really don't know where the pressure's coming. It's almost like a, a modern-day zone blitz type of thing where they line up and it's not the same look twice. It's they're going to try to stop Michigan's run game, similar to what Rutgers did with Michigan's run game, and that they're going to force. This game's going to come down to which quarterback can throw the ball. We haven't really seen what Kay McNamara can do, except for a couple busted plays. 
where he hits somebody and he runs 70 yards down the sideline. You can't rely on that. You got to be able to sustain a drive. Graham Mertz may be the most overrated quarterback in the Big Ten. And and if it wasn't for, you know, Spencer Rattler, you may say in the nation. Yeah, I mean, he's what? One touchdown to six interceptions? Yeah. And and you're talking about Wisconsin's defense. <laughs> on the season, they're averaging 25 yards on the ground is what a team is averaging against them. 25. Yeah. And only 187 through the air. And And to put things in perspective, it took the final drive for Michigan to get over 100 yards rushing. And and you know what's wild to me, too, is if Michigan— Against Rutgers. Yes, if they put together a, a solid second half like they did in the first half against Rutgers where they moved the ball and let's say they won 40-13 to 13 instead of 20-13, to 13, I would say Michigan all day long. I would say, you know what, they got over that hump, and this is where they're going to get over that road hump. I don't know now after that second half against Rutgers. I don't know. It really wasn't the second half. It was really the last three quarters. The first quarter, they came out, shot out of a cannon, boom, 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 17-3, to and you thought it was going to be just a boat race. I remember it's like, okay, well, what other games are on? That's one of those you you flip it around to see, okay, this is going to be boring. Who else is playing right now? And if Rutgers all of a sudden doesn't, like, when they got in the red zone in the in the fourth quarter, they just forgot how to play football. It seemed like, yeah. And and maybe that's Michigan's defense is really good. Well, it's I'll a bend don't break. And uh, Vidal or whoever the quarterback is, not that good. Vidal, yeah. Vidal, he's he's not. He's that good. okay, but he manages them pretty right. well. And Pacheco, who I feel like has been there forever, he ran the ball very well right. for a hundred yards against Michigan's defense. So it's it's very. It's a very intriguing game. I think for Michigan fans, this is a game that you can hang your hat on if you get that win. I think you can. Even if they are a one and two team, that defense, numbers don't lie, right? And if your offense can produce on that defense, I think you really have something. Well, the two losses were two top ten teams. It was Penn State and it was Notre Dame. Penn State, they had an opportunity to win twice, final couple minutes in the red zone, turned the ball over, interception and a fumble. Uh, Notre Dame, they had not. They were leading going into the half. No, it was seven, was it seventeen thirteen? Yeah, seventeen thirteen going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then you had the kick and, return, and then it just opened, and the pick sixes, and then it was over. Because you changed what Wisconsin wants to do. Wisconsin doesn't want to drop back and throw the ball thirty five times. They want to run it fifty. Right. So this comes down to which quarterback can make the plays. Graham Mertz has not made the plays. Kay McNamara, I don't know if he can. And then there's still whispers of J.J. McCarthy. Like, people want Russo in the game. A lot of Michigan fans want Harbaugh to just throw the playbook up in the air and let Gaddis open up the offense with J.J. McCarthy. That would be a huge mistake. Yeah, because, You don't want to do that. And also, like, this is Harbaugh's year. He can't take chances, right? You have to do what is best for that team this year. But it's crazy. I look at these stats of Mertz against McNamara. Now, you know, Mertz has the one touchdown, six interceptions. McNamara has three touchdowns. He hasn't thrown a pick. (laughs) Got to throw the ball to throw a pick. Right. Mertz has completed 54 passes. McNamara has attempted 53. See, that's just the thing. I mean, back when you were running the ball like crazy in your non-conference, it was cute. It was funny. Ha-ha, look what we can do. Now you got to be able to show – you got there has to be more to your offense when 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 you look at the stat that Michigan is number 4 
and rushing behind three other teams, it should tell you you may be running the ball too much when it's Army, Navy, and Air Force, the service academies, who are known for running the triple option. Yeah, who throw the ball maybe five times a game. Right. The fact that you've only thrown 54 times. You didn't do your quarterback a a service and getting him prepared for this. This was one of those, yeah, it worked, but you should have used those games that you were rolling opponents to try some new things and and to get some experience because now, you know, you got to play up against probably two of the better defenses because, I mean, we'll talk about more next week, but, no, they got to go against Nebraska at night in uh, Lincoln the week after. That's not going to be pretty either because, as you saw, Nebraska was able to shut down Walker. Walker ended up with, like, 70-some yards. In that game, but and all of it, most of it came struggled. on that last play too and in overtime. Yeah, ten percent of his, yeah, no, actually, let's take that back. Like thirty percent of his yards came on that one play Absolutely. in overtime. Just to put things in perspective, they bottled him up all over, and that's a kid that and he's a special back and that can change the way he's going on a stop of a dime and just had no room to even get that going because they pushed the offensive lineman back real quick. And, I mean, that's a kid that needs a little bit of space to make moves, and he had zero. Yeah, so. And if Michigan keeps running the ball up the middle, I mean, it's great for third and one, second and three, stuff like that, but you can't be doing that on first and second out. No. And, listen, I was talking just the other day about Michigan, right? Let's say all they do is run the ball this year, and it wins. And it might not help recruits down the line. You might lose quarterbacks, so on and so forth. But it's what I said. Harbaugh has to win this year. So if it's running the ball 85 times to do it, that's what he'll do. It is, but there's a reason why Wisconsin has never gone to the college football playoff. Yeah. It's the reason why they haven't won a Big Ten championship since Russell Wilson when they had a QB. Well, it's also the reason why only Ohio State and then Michigan State for that one year have even sniffed the playoffs. You have to be able to do both in this world of college football. Yeah, it's nice to be able to run the ball and control the clock, but you also got to be able to match points for points in some games. And we're going to see. I think this game is first one to 20 points wins. I agree. I think it's going to be very, very low scoring, and there's going to be a lot of running the ball. So those time of possession... If the the key for either team is to jump ahead by two scores, whether that's ten yep. points or fourteen points, and you force the other team to play catch up, that's where you're going to see mistakes. If Michigan falls behind, I think this is where you see McNamara's first interception. Well, yeah, and it's going to be how do they face adversity this year? And you can say they faced it with Rutgers, but they truly didn't. If you think about it, the offense didn't have to put up points they, they, when they right. needed it. Here's you know the thing: I mean? Michigan's been ahead in every game. They've never been behind. They've never had to crawl from behind. So, being behind on the road is going to be huge. If you're Michigan, you got to come out and you got to score early and often and build that lead to keep the confidence going. Because, I mean, it's it's a blessing and a curse. If you never come from behind, you don't know how you handle adversity. Right. I mean, but like, you know, Tucker can look to his guys at Michigan State and say, you guys were left for dead and you found a way to come back and win. That boosts confidence the next time you're in that spot. For Michigan, you know, keep it going and and, and try to stay ahead of the game and force – because if Michigan takes the lead, I think you're going to see Wisconsin turn the ball over like they've been doing. Yeah, once you make Mertz uncomfortable – 
that that's all you need to do to rattle that Wisconsin offense. And and you know they have stout offensive linemen, which they always do. They're big boys up there, so it's a big test on Michigan's D line too, where I don't think they necessarily have had a huge test yet. You yeah. know, Aiden Hutchinson's just had his wade to the quarterback. Now he was silenced a little bit on Saturday against Rutgers. But, I mean, that's where you need your other guys to show up. That's where you need Hinton to show up and, and make plays. Um, 50, I forget what his name is, but he has to make big plays coming in off the edge. And so ESPN, their predictor, has 69% going to Michigan. But and nobody knows with this game. And I think you said I mean, but so, the ESPN predictor also has Michigan in the Final Four. Sure, yes. I, I, I'd, I'd bet my mortgage and your mortgage – that they're not going to be in the final four. No, I mean, I can guarantee that too because everybody that ESPN, also, the ESPN predictor knows how to get Michigan people to click on their website. Let's well, put it like that. And it, it, what's crazy to me is the fact that, like, all I hear are fans say, well, Ohio State's down. This is the year you got to get them. And then I look at Ohio State and I say, okay, well, they lost to a top three team in the nation week two right. of this season. And all they've done since is one. Right. Now, they've played a close game, but at the end, they pull out, and then they win by 20-some-odd points. I don't think they're down, and I still say they're the best team in the Big Ten, and the only person or team that gives them a run to me is Penn State, and we'll see Yeah, them. I think that that's the game that's going to actually, just, as of now, decide the Big Ten because Penn State is probably playing the most complete Yes. Offense and defense. Well, because everybody in the Big Ten has their flaws. Ohio State can score. Defense is god awful. Michigan can run, can't pass the ball. You know, uh, uh, Michigan State can run and, and score, but their secondary is very suspect and not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Iowa, very opportunistic defense, and they can't score. Right. They, they struggle scoring. So, you, I mean, Maryland can score like nobody's business, and their defense, suspect. So Penn State is probably the most complete team. Yeah, and Clifford took a big step, too, I feel. I didn't think he was going to be all that. And, you know, McSorley was a very good college quarterback. He was perfect for them. But Clifford's played very, very well this year. Yes. So I look at that. So, yeah, this is one I still think that, yeah, Ohio State, you know, Travion Henderson – they finally realized, quit messing around, just give him the rock. He's going to be fine. But, yeah, trying to at, at the quarter turn or, you know, I guess a third now of the season is over in college football. I mean, I'm looking at the Final Four, and I, I probably the biggest surprise to me, and I would put them in mind, is Arkansas. They're yeah. just going out and beating teams. They and beat, we'll see this weekend. They have a big, big test this weekend. I mean, weekend. I, it was funny. I saw a meme where, you know, it was like Oklahoma, Nebraska, and then – Texas was called New Arkansas because they, you know, they beaten Texas Tech and they beaten uh, Texas this year. So, geez, you see what Texas did over the weekend, putting up seventy on Texas yeah, Tech. Yeah, okay, but no, yeah, well, no, who did, who did Arkansas? TCU. Yeah, TCU. Yeah, but see, I need Texas to do it against in a big game. Oh, absolutely, I understand. But so, when anytime you see seventy on the scoreboard, it's impressive. But and and also the last thing on Ohio State, don't doubt their quarterback play. Just don't doubt it, because guess what? Their next guy's just as good. Okay, how we've about seen this? this show before, right? How about we stop thing? Let's let's everybody say this together. Trevor Lawrence was a unicorn. Trevor Lawrence was one of those once in a generation type of players, where a true freshman came in for Kelly Bryant, took over, 
and they won a national title. This won't happen again for probably another 10 to 15 years. Everybody thinks that we got to put that true freshman quarterback in. No, you don't. If you put that but, but guy Bama in. Bama did it with Tua in the national. Tua yeah, was a red. He, no, no. Tua was a redshirt freshman. Yeah, Tua wasn't two he freshmen. He also played behind Alabama's line. Right. But in that game, it was really one lucky throw. Tua didn't play this great game. No, he hit it on the sideline. Right. Um, he was a redshirt freshman. So he had at least been in the system for a year. True freshmen don't walk in and win. You put a true freshman in you're guaranteeing yourself four to five losses because the game's at a different speed than it is even in practice. Even if you're going up against one of the top defenses, they can't hit you. Yeah. So they're still dialing it back to about 70%. Yeah, in a real game, the other team is 100% trying to take your head off. Well, I think a good example of that would be watching Hard Knocks. When you watch those practices in the quarter quarterback you always see him step up and then scramble out and it's like 10 out of 10 times that's a sack right but in that quarterback's mind he's like oh look at that sweet move i made yeah you can't hit me so i know right you, you know it's the you know you mocking a dog behind a fence yeah you, this fence not gonna let you get through so i'll come up and say everything if the fence wasn't there it's a different game and i and i think with everything that we've talked about today with michigan michigan state and with the freshman quarterback when you get punched in the nose right you your eyes always water up but what do you do in response? Do you wipe those tears and do you go back at it? Or you, oh, my nose, i got to go fix it. The ones that are like, let me wipe off those tears. I'll worry about my nose after this game, this practice, whatever yeah. it is. Those are the teams that win. I mean, I, I, once again, I, I go back to Spencer Rattler, and I think this is what happens when you play a quarterback too soon. You shake his confidence. You look at Graham Mertz. Oh, he's just Wisconsin's first five-star QB. we got to put him in. So, Jack Cohn, you can kick rocks and go play for Notre Dame. Guess what? Mertz wasn't ready. No, and and he had a great game during a COVID year, but it, it's the start now, of last year. Uh, imagine you keep Cone, yeah. give him his job back, and now next year, Mertz is ready because he's in his third year in the system. He'll be a red shirt sophomore. Yeah, and, and Cone was exactly what Wisconsin needed because he was a guy, I know we use this term a lot, a game manager, quote-unquote, but when you're only throwing the ball 18 times a game, that's what you have to do is you have to manage and not cause a turnover with your 18 attempts, right? It's, yeah, it's really about developing the, the the freshman QBs. But, yeah, I mean, we're to the point now. And, you know, Michigan State fans will probably be the same way next year with uh, with uh, Hauser, Caden yeah. Hauser. Oh, well, we he was in the lead 11. He was this. And he ain't ready. No, they're not. And just go go watch QB1 on Netflix if, if you're curious about what these kids go through. Spencer Rattler was actually in the last season. And you just see how far away they are from being adults, right. from being grown men that take on the responsibility. There's a lot that changes in your life. High school football is not comparable to college it's, football. But fans don't from see it that practice, way. From practice, from nutrition, from lifting weights. When you Now – Granted, I went to high school a long time ago, but you lifted weights for maybe a half hour in high school after practice. Your practice was maybe two hours, and it's not even as bad now as what it was in the early 2000s. Like, 
Yeah, you couldn't get water when you wanted it. You right. know what I mean? Like you can't do any of that stuff now. So I'm not saying that's a that's a bad thing. I mean, you should always be able to get water, but it's just no, it, it's I, no. I, so I played back when it was oh you, oh you need water. Okay, everybody take a knee while he goes yeah. over and gets water. Yeah, they'll belittle you because you're quote unquote weak. But in the reality of things, it's the strong that survive. And I know Michigan. They want J.J. McCarthy. He threw that great pass across the field that in a Big Ten game is most likely going to be intercepted, and you can't make those mistakes. But there's a reason kids aren't playing. I know you think that you're more of a coach than Jim Harbaugh or their quarterback's coach or Josh Gaddis, but, like, I'm not you in particular. I'm talking about fans. But, like, there's a reason they're not out there. It's what they do in practice, what we don't see every single day when like Derek Barnes wasn't playing for the lions. There was a reason he wasn't playing. Right. And, and coaches can see that right. if JJ McCarthy was that much better than Cade McNamara, he'd be playing because it goes back to what I was saying. This is Harbaugh's job on the right. line. He's going to do whatever it yeah. takes. I mean, he can come in and do some taste and Hill type of stuff. But yeah, when you got to go out there and come up with an entire game plan, it's easy when you, you you're the substitute teacher than when you're the regular teacher. Oh, absolutely, because you can be Everybody cool. loves substitute yeah, teacher. Yeah, easy day. Don't have to worry about it. Right. But then when the regular teacher walks in. <gasps> you got to do a lesson plan for 270 days? Yeah. It's a little different than one day. Now, uh, real quick before we get to your question, I've often said, going back to MSU, I think I like the evolution of Jay Johnson's offense. I think it really hits its stride once they finally get some big tight ends. Once you can upgrade the Connor Haywood position and get some big six, four, six, five guys in there. And they got two coming in next year Jack Nickel coming from uh, Georgia and Michael Masanas coming from Arizona. Uh, one, uh, Jack is six, four, Michael is six, five. And then yesterday they got in the next class, in 2023 class. So he won't be there for two years, but it's showing you. They brought in big O-linemen. They were bringing in big 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, and 6'7", six, O-linemen to try to upgrade what they have now. They got uh, Brendan Parachek, the 6'6", six, six, tight end. He's probably going to be one of the top 10 kids in the state of Michigan in 2023. Once you can get that tight end, that kind of a kind of what you see in the pros. Just a mismatch nightmare. Dump it over the middle. Like, you needed that guy against Nebraska. And that's what Nebraska was actually doing against Michigan State. To get the drives going oh, between yeah. the 20s, they would hit their big tight end. And and it's kind of what Michigan has always done well under Harbaugh. It yeah. hit their tight ends. And, and Eric All and I forget who the um, um, um the kid. Going back to Jake Butt. I yeah, mean. and the kid that's on um, um, Pittsburgh right now. I forget his name. The McCune or whatever yeah. his name was. He... Another solid tight end, but that's Michigan's gone away from that. Unless it's just back in their bag of tricks, and this is the week they pull it out. But I do agree, a big athletic tight end is what you need. And that's, yeah, real quick, that's why I've never believed in that, oh, we're saving plays. When you're in struggles and you're fighting to win games, you go to your go you go to your, you go to those tricks. Uh, they're saving. They're not saving plays. Coaches don't have this book in their back pocket. No, they pull the only out. thing that you'll see Look, it's like Pulp Fiction. They open it up and it just all of a sudden this gold light comes out of it. The only time I've ever seen it was Boise State in that Fiesta Bowl against. You Oklahoma. have a trick play. You have one. Yes, a trick play. But, but people, not when people a... say, "Oh, well, they're saving plays," you're not saving plays. That's the biggest myth. 
in sports. No, because if your plays are good, which they should be, even when you see them on film, there's ways to beat that yeah. defense. Yeah, you saw Mel Tucker had to break out a trick play to beat Nebraska. You don't save them by, are we going to save this play and for also Michigan? That, that one was a little different. It was just a different wrinkle right. in that in that flea flicker. But yet again, it worked, right? Right. And so, you know what? I guarantee you there is another lookout of that that so, we don't know of. Yeah. But also should be another good night for, for Michigan State if you're following recruiting. By the time you hear this, uh, they'll probably be hours away from, I think, adding another person to the class, uh, somebody from the state. I don't want to steal his joy, but if you follow recruiting, you probably know who I'm talking about. Uh, Stoney. Stoney will probably be a little sad that he's not going to Michigan. But, um, yeah, they're going to be adding somebody to the secondary in the 2022 class, uh, a four-star kid uh, from the state of Michigan. And, um, you know, Tucker, I think, is doing a good job balancing out recruiting and the portal. Oh, man. Jeez, man, we run out of time. Well, that, okay, so yeah, I'll they, make it easy. That's my question for this okay. week. It's what happened with the Michigan State transfers. Um, You have up to four games to play in four games to keep your redshirt year. Now, question. Weren't both those kids truly redshirted their freshman year? Uh, but last year didn't count. Right, but I'm saying that was Gervin's second year, but I thought he was already redshirted as his true freshman. I don't think he got redshirted as a true okay. freshman. I think both him and Klein played as true freshmen. Okay. So technically, yeah, he has a redshirt year, and if you're going to redshirt, you got to bail now. Yeah, after four games is all you can play. Yeah, four games, so that now, means... the first four or is it any, any four? It's any four. Okay. It's any four, so... But if you played in the first four games, this is the week that you got to leave. So they're looking for better opportunity. Gervin lost his position to Brantley, uh, a freshman. <laughs> and that kid's looking to hurt people. Klein lost his position because both were starters to start the year off. I mean, both are like in the uh, in the photos, you know, when they did the photo ops of like, you know, here's like the poster. Oh, yeah. They're both in the poster. Klein lost his job to uh, Halliday. Uh, Cal Halliday, but once again, Cal Halliday and Chuck Brentley have outplayed those two. So unless you want to sit and wait for your opportunity. Now, Klein was I, – I understand Gervin Sr., I lost my job to a freshman. You normally don't get your job back, so maybe he goes someplace like a Western Michigan, Central Michigan, plays for one year. Klein, dude, you, you still – you? I think you're a sophomore, redshirt sophomore or a sophomore. You, you, you still had an opportunity – to work your way back out on the field. He had a sack in the game against yeah. Nebraska. But I guess him sitting on the bench just didn't sit well with him. So that's why. And, you know, it's going to this The transfer portal will happen to every team. It's going to give. It's going to take away. Absolutely. You're going to see people leave because they want a better opportunity. It doesn't make them weak. doesn't make them want a quitter. It just – it's like anything in life. If you had a job – and you thought you deserved a promotion, and it went to the guy in the cubicle next to you, and you had an opportunity to go to another place. You would. You go to the other place. Exactly. You don't just sit there and now let the guy in the cubicle is now your boss, and just okay, well I'll just suck it up and wait my turn. No, you 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 hit Indeed.com. You go online. You start searching until you find a better job. So, 
I think the same goes with that. So, yeah, the portal's going to happen. I mean, people just got to get used to it. You know, MSU, thanks to the portal, you got Walker. You got Reed. We got, you got your corner. You got Kimbrough, who got the pick six. You you got a whole bunch of people. Harold Joyner, who made a big catch. So, I mean, yeah, don't sit here and badmouth kids who go to the portal when you take kids out of the portal. Well, yeah, especially when I think Mel Tucker is going to be – he's going to be a huge portal guy. And, I mean, you can't complain I when think people that, leave. No, I, I think you're going to see about five to seven spots. They will look at portal people as that instant patchwork. Yeah, I need free agency. this person. Yeah, I mean, free agency. Hundred percent. Like I, I need w- a safety. I, I'm going to go find one. Honestly, I wish they would have got a tight end out the portal. And and, and maybe they will for next year. I mean, they you, got two. You, com- they got freshmen coming in. They got a guy now. But I mean, that was just somebody that they could use right now. But yeah, you're going to look at your team and say, what do we need right here, right now? Mm-hmm. To me, my top priority, if I'm Mel Tucker, an edge rusher out the portal. I go yeah, find Drew it. Jordan hasn't exactly been that. He's more of a space filler than he's right. a pass rusher. I I go get a a, a guy with a year left, kind of like Williams, the corner, and I bring him in so I can develop my young guys. But I need somebody right here, right now. Mm-hmm. So. They can show them how it's done. Yeah. And I've always thought, you know, uh, players seeing the game on the field versus players seeing it on the sideline are two different things, and sometimes those players need to see it from the sideline right. to actually let it compute in their head. So I, I've never minded that. So, All right. Uh, anything else, Evan? No, that's it. Just a, a huge week of football coming up. Our, yes, I do. Will both teams be 5-0 and all after this weekend? I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. So... But you know what? We'll have another uh, instant reaction Saturday night after the MSU game against Western Kentucky. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, it'll be up whenever it gets to it, so either Sunday night, so no, it'll Saturday be, it'll night. It'll be Saturday night after the game. So uh, Saturday night after the game. It'll just be me. Evan won't be able to make it. He's out doing manly things. Yep, big, big-time wedding shower stuff. Screw you, Skiba. <laughs> I, I I take it back. It will be a nice party. So make sure you uh, subscribe to the Five Star Zone, whether it's uh, you get your podcast at the Apple Store or the Google Store, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends. We'll be back with something Saturday night. Until then, be safe, everybody, and enjoy the football.